Okay, uh, we've been talking about, we've been in a series for the last few weeks called The Call. And the reason we're talking about this is because I think probably the biggest question that I'm asked in my travels uh, here and around the world is I want to find out what it is I'm called to do. How do I find out what it is I'm called to do? And this is an uh, a important question, and if you've never asked it, you need to ask it. It needs to be something you pursue because it, because it is in fulfilling your call that you'll find your greatest blessing. And we see people all the time, you know, that think money is going to bring them happiness, but it doesn't bring them happiness. That's why there are more millionaires that commit suicide than poor people. Did y'all know that? Yeah, there's more executives that kill themselves every year than poor people do. And they have money and they have things. But, you know, many times what they don't have? Purpose. And so we see these athletes that get these million-dollar contracts and they get all this stuff, yet they're so unfulfilled that they'll flush that down the drain and do some crazy drug and get hooked on a drug that robs them of the millions of dollars that they have. Why do they do that? Because there's still a void in their life. Even though they have money, even though they have fame, without purpose, life is empty. And we see that all the time. But the Bible tells us that Jesus came in John chapter 10, verse 10, to give us an abundant life. In other words, a life that is overflowing. It is not lacking anything. It is overflowing. And how do we get that life? We get that life by finding Christ, by finding what it is that Christ has called us to do. And so last week, and if you've, if you've missed any of these, you should go on the podcast and you can hear the rest of the, the messages as we talked about this. But last week, we started talking about how to discover the call of God on your life. And here's the thing. Everybody has a call of God individually on your life. There's something that you're called to do. There's a reason you were born into the earth realm to come and do something. You're supposed to accomplish something. How many believe that for your life? Nobody's an accident. You are not here accidentally. God knew what was going down. Now, it might not have been the way that you would have chose to come into the earth realm, but I'll tell you what, God takes imperfect situations and he brings beautiful things from them. How many believe that today? And so you've got to understand and you've got to know this, and every person has this void on the inside of them. You know you're here for something greater than just going through life collecting a paycheck. Can I get an amen on that? You're here for much more than, than, than life will throw at you, but you have to discover it. The call of God is something that you have to find. You have to discover it. It's like most precious things in life. Most precious things in life are not just laying on the ground. They need to be discovered. It's like gold or diamonds. You know how many uh, millions of dollars are spent mining for diamonds? Because diamonds just aren't on top, laying on the ground. You got to mine for it. You got to dig for it. And many times the things of God, it's like that. You got to pursue him for it. You got to go after it, but make no bones about it. God wants to tell you the purpose uh, of God in your life. He wants to let you know what it is you're called to do. And so last week, just a quick review, last week we talked about the first thing you need to do to discover the call of God on your life, and that is this. Know that it is God that gives you your calling. He's the one that gives it to you. Your mama don't give it to you. Come on. Your pastor can't give it to you. Your friends can't give it to you. 
the call of God comes from God. And we just read that in Isaiah 41, verse 4, where it, said, where it says, Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last I am he. See, God is the one that calls the generations. He's the one that, that has done it. He's the one that calls you forth into the earth realm. But also it says in Romans 11, verse 29, I'm going to read it to you in the amplified version there on the screen. It says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable, which means he never withdraws them once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call to. And so some people here have gotten off track because they think because of the mistakes they've made, now the call's not there. And that's just a lie from the pit of hell. You can get off track, but the call ain't going nowhere. Yeah, but pastor, I went out and I got my girlfriend pregnant. The call of God's still there. Yeah, but pastor, you know, made some mistakes in my marriage and we had to get a divorce. The call of God is still there. Yeah, pastor, I made some mistakes when I was young and I went to jail and I served some time. The call of God is still there. Are you tracking with me today? That's, that's, that's what the Bible says. It doesn't leave. So whatever purpose God sent you into the earth realm for uh, or to do, just because you got addicted to some drug doesn't mean it left you and now you're disqualified. No, you can get back on course because the call's still there. But here's the thing. You're going to have to mine for it. You're going to have to dig for it. You're going to have to go after it. Can I get an amen on that? But understand this. The call on your life is from God. So why is that so important in finding out what it is you're called to do? Because you better go after God. If the call comes from God, then you need to know God, which means this. Every day, get up and read your Bible. Every day, get up and spend some time with Jesus. Every day, get up and, and get around some good people. Serve the Lord. Why? Because your calling's in him. You don't have a calling separate from God. The call comes from him. And the more closer you are to God, the more of your calling he reveals to you. So you've got to understand the source of your call. I get people all the time say, yeah, you know, I'm called to, to be a businessman. But are you fulfilling the call in that arena? You've described to me you have a gift of a businessman. But are you fulfilling the God-given call that that gift is supposed to accomplish? Or are you just doing business and doing you? I tell you what, you can do you for a while and it's fun. But when doing you runs out, it gets a lonely place. It's an empty place. And that's why people that are successful mess their lives up all the time because there is no feeling like accomplishing the will of God. So the first thing you got to do is know that God does the calling. He's the one that calls you. You got to get it from him. You got to have that moment, that, that time where you spend with the Lord and he reveals to you, son, daughter, this is what I'm calling you to. This is what I want you to do. And it only comes from spending time with him. And here's the danger of it. If you don't spend time with God, you can end up uh, making your own voice sound like God's voice. And then when you got no fruit that you said you were called to do, you got a problem. And so, again, knowing that your call comes from God causes you, should cause you to pursue him to great depths. Amen. The second thing we talked about last week was if you're going to find your call in God, you've got to read your Bible and do what it says. So important. We've got people that want to find their purpose without doing the things he already said. If you want to find out what God wants you to do with your life, first read the book. Come on. Amen. 
Matthew 22, 29, Jesus said this. Jesus answered and said to him, you're mistaken because you're not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And so in order to have the will of God and the call of God come about in your life, what are you doing with the word that he's given you right now? Amen. See, there's people that have selfish ambition when it comes to finding out what it is they're called to do. And selfish ambition will always kill the call because the call on your life has a price tag to it. Oh, let me say that again. The call on your life has a price tag to it. You know that marriage you want to have? There's a price for it. You just got to be willing to pay it. Some, some aren't willing to. Because that price might mean being really embarrassed and sitting in front of a counselor and paying $100 an hour to get that marriage on track. And some people would say, well, I ain't willing to pay that. Well, you ain't willing to pay the price for the type of thing that God wants you to have. But everything that God wants you to have has a price tag on it. I tell you why, because the call of God is not cheap. Your life is not cheap. Your life is valuable. So when you're over here saying, this is the kind of life I want to have, this, this is the kind of marriage I want to have, you got to be willing to do the stuff to get that into your, into your possession. Are you tracking with me today? So when you say, I want to obey the call of God on my life, you need to understand there's a price tag on that. Now, the majority of the price, Jesus already paid. Can I get an amen on that? But the rest of it is going to be based on your decision. Amen. It's going to be based on you picking. That's, there's something that we know called free will. And that is this. God has given us all free will. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. We're not robots here. Amen. Everybody here has a choice. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve yourself or you're going to serve Satan. But you ain't going to do both. Amen. Are you, are you with me today? Am I getting too real with you today? So understand this. The call is going to have a price on it, okay? Now, Jesus paid the price for us to access it, but now it's going to be paid through the choices you make. So when, because here's what I'm getting tired of. I'm getting tired of people being at peace with the appearance of a good life. I want to have a good life. I don't just want to have one that looks nice on Facebook. Your Instagram life is bomb. But your real life is jacked up. Your real life's a mess. Your Instagram marriage, oh, shoot. You guys look good. You guys are the power couple. But your real life, ain't no power in that couple. No power. See, but we're content having the, the first thing, which is the appearance. We need to be people that will mine for the substance. I want the real thing. Come on, somebody. I want the real thing. Who cares if people see me as successful? I want to be successful. There's too many people fronting like they're successful, and they're not. Yeah, you, you, you see their car they're driving, but you don't see that car payment. You don't see how they're struggling every week. See, see we like the appearance, but we got to go after the substance. And here it is. The call is about substance. You can't fake the call. Because what is at the heart of all of our life has to be fruit. Has to be fruit. Last week we talked about this. The, the old way of being a Christian was this that you go to church to be a better person. And that sounds really nice. But you know what? That's lame. Let's just call it what it is. That's lame. 
If you're just coming to follow Christ to be a better person, you need to know there's much more that that ticket is purchased for your life. You're going to be, you are a better person. Christ makes you a better person. But what he wants is for you to be a fruitful person. And what does that talk about? Substance. Amen? Substance. So to get that substance, we got to read the Bible and do what it says. It's not hard. If it says love your neighbor, then you got to start forgiving folks. If it says, you know, give and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, then you need to give. Whatever that thing says, do it and your life will be blessed. But here's the problem. Why is that such a wrestling match? It's such a wrestling match because we don't want to give up the throne. For people that make Jesus the Lord, it's easy. For people that still want to sit on that throne and still want to be in charge of their life, it's a hard thing. And that's why Jesus said this, to, in order to gain your life, you got to lose it. Are you with me today? So read the Bible, do what it says. And the third thing we talked about last week was listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, 15 through 19, it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And here it is. So that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's what we've got to be pursuing. This call on my life. This purpose that I've been given, this reason why I exist, that's got to be your focus. But we get so off course. We get so distracted by the things of the flesh. The flesh, all it wants to do, and you've heard me say it many times, is eat, sleep, be entertained, and have sex. And that's just what I described as some of our lives. That's all you want to do. Eat, sleep, be entertained, and have sex. And let me tell you, none of those four things are bad. Can I get an amen? amen. Ooh, only four people believe that? I said, none of those four things are bad. How many like to eat? How many like to sleep? How many like to be entertained? Let's see how many I get on this one. How many like to have sex? And only the married people said. Some of you singles, you just sold yourself out. You threw up a yeah, amen. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not you, not you. None of those things are bad. None of them are. Those are God-given desires, all right, that we have. But they shouldn't rule your life. They shouldn't rule your life. Because if they rule your life, they'll destroy your life. I said if they rule your life, they'll destroy your life. Those four things will put a hurting on a marriage, on a business, on a career, on every relationship. But some people get distracted from their call because the flesh says, we just got to do these things. So when you're the person that won't come to church because your favorite team is playing, yeah, that's who I'm talking to. Smile at me. That's a problem. Yo, get a DVR. That's what I do. I don't like missing Raider games either, but I got a DVR. And I always put the announcement out, don't nobody tell me the score. And I go home and watch that. But I am not going to let a sports team take me off of my destiny in Jesus or, or, or anything for that matter. The, the things we do for entertainment that we won't do for Jesus is bananas. 
It's bananas. We'll pay $100 to go to a concert and nothing wrong with doing that. And the minute there's a cost to maybe send your kid to camp or something like that, the mur- oh, I can't believe it's so much to do this kind of stuff. Well, you wasn't worried about it the other night when you was at your, the concert or doing this. And again, there's nothing wrong with those things. But hear, hear my heart. When those things rule your life, when those are the things that are most important to you, you can't fulfill the call of God. We've got to get those things in check because the call of God is going to be something that comes from a different voice. Remember, the voice of the flesh is those four things. But the voice of God is going to be something that comes to you that's going to be speaking to you about his purpose for your life. Okay, And so listen for the voice of God. Now, here's the thing. The average Christian has no idea what the voice of God sounds like. That's the average Christian in America. They have no idea what God is saying. They have no idea how to click into it, and that should not be so. Can I get an amen on that? should not be so. If you don't know the voice of God, all you got to do is get around him. Get around him. Now, where is it? I'll tell you what the voice of God sounds like. The voice of God is very distinct. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like my Bible. It sounds like my Bible. So when I need the voice of God, I got to go into my Bible. Amen? And everything that that voice says to me in my spirit always lines up with his word. I talked about this last week. There are people that claim God tells them all, all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's not even crazy. It's just logical stuff. But it ain't in his word. It's like I had somebody tell me before, you know, uh, yeah, I have this sickness and God gave it to me. So, Whoa, that's not in the Bible. Yeah, but when I was in prayer, the Lord told me he gave me this affliction so that I could accomplish his will. Wait a minute. I hear what you're saying, and that makes a lot of sense up here. But the scriptures tell me that sickness doesn't come from Jesus. In him is no darkness. He is not the author of sickness and disease. So even though that logically can make sense, you can't say that that's the voice of God. Because he will never, ever speak against something he's already spoken in his word. Are you tracking with me today? It's like the Christians out there saying, you know, God has me poor for a reason. And I, you know, I believe God made me poor. No, poverty doesn't come from God. Ooh, I didn't get no amens on that. Let me come after that. Poverty's not of God. But if poverty is so holy, why doesn't God live in it? Aren't his streets gold? Got pearly gates, but he's giving his children poverty. No, no, no. God is not the author of sickness or poverty. That's part of the fall. That's part of this fallen world. Now, is there sickness and poverty? Yes, there is. And some of us are dealing with that. I understand that, but you've got to know this. It doesn't come from God. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because of his word. If it's not in his word, it's not God. Are you with me today? It's like what we said earlier. Uh, It was another uh, young man that said that, uh, you know, God has spoken to him about leaving his wife and getting with his soulmate. I was in prayer, Lord. I was in prayer, Pastor. And, you know, God really showed up and said, I need to divorce my wife because this woman over here is my soulmate. I say, well, you could do that if you want, but don't say God told you to do that because God ain't speaking those things because it's not in his word. Amen. It's not in his word. Are you tracking with me today? See, so the average Christian doesn't know his word because they don't read his word. They don't know his voice. So I want you to write this down. His voice sounds like the word. So the more words you get in you, 
the better opportunity you're going to have of recognizing God's voice. Amen? So he's going to speak. And once you begin to learn his voice, then you can start understanding the ways that God speaks to you. Okay? So let me give you some of the ways that God speaks to you. Obviously, number one, the word of God. The word of God. He'll speak to you every day if you'll crack open that word. Every day. Read the Proverbs of the day. There's 31 days in a month, 31 Proverbs. Start there. Today is the 11th. Get in Proverbs 11. I guarantee you, you'll walk away with something from God. He'll tell you something right there. Read a psalm. Read a chapter in the Old Testament, New Testament. There's food there. There's voice there. There's stuff God's waiting to tell you there. You just got to mine it. You got to get in there and dig it. But see, you've got to turn your frequency over to that voice. You got to tune into that frequency, I should say. But the first way he speaks is through his word. Okay, we got to get that. The second way that God speaks is through the inward witness. And what is that? It's that feeling that you know, that you know, that you know. Uh, It's like what they say. It's like knowing in your knower that God is speaking to you. I've sat in a, a church service before and they were receiving a missions offering or something, and boom, I knew right in my spirit, my inward witness, that I was supposed to give a certain amount. Now, listen, I didn't have a scripture on it. I didn't have a specific do this, but it was a knowing in my knower. Now, I didn't have a scripture, but what I was doing was not violating the scriptures. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so it wasn't like God dropped a verse But he was asking me to respond. And I guess if you look at it, there's plenty of scriptures that tell me to be generous. But it's that inward witness. It's that when you know that you know you're supposed to do something. Or there's times where, you know, uh, you're driving down in midtown or you're getting off the freeway and there's a homeless person there and they have that sign. Well, you know what? I don't give to them all. If I did, I'd be broke. There's so many of them in, in, in midtown. But there are times when I'm sitting there and I'll fill an inward witness. In those times, I act. Are you with me today? There's an inward witness. There's an inward witness when you're supposed to do things and when you're not supposed to do things. And and yes and no. And those are things that are, are the voice of God in your life. But here's the thing. If you have not familiarized yourself with his word, if you've not familiarized yourself with what his Bible says, then the inward witness is not going to come your way that easily. Are you with me today? So those are the two ways God speaks through the the word, the inward witness. But here's the third thing. God speaks through godly counsel. Godly counsel. It's amazing. People want to discover the call of God on their life, but they don't hang around with anybody with any sense. You should all have godly counsel. You should have people in your life in some way, shape, or form that know more than you do, that love God more than you do or at least just as much, so that when you step out and you say, you know what, the Lord is telling me this, they don't just look at you weird. Or they don't try to talk you out of what God's telling you because they don't understand it. I see this with called people all the time. Somebody has a call to preach on their life, and they got no godly counsel in their life. So you know what? They may go to mom and dad who don't understand the call. And mom and dad say, ay, mijo, there's no money in that. Why don't you go do this first, and then you could come back to that? That may make a lot of sense in the natural. But if that's not what God's calling you to do, you need to get some godly counsel from people that understand the call of God. Can I get an amen on that? 
That's going to help somebody in here that's dealing with that. Because, see, godly counsel many times is where God really uh, begins to confirm his word in your life. And it's sad to me that people don't have godly counsel. Listen, if you've been a part of a discipleship group, you have godly counsel. You just got to use it. And here's the other thing. Some of us have godly counsel, but we don't like to go to them because we know what they're going to say. See, we don't, we don't go to the counsel that we have because we know what they're going to say. And you, already, that, you know what that confirms? You already know the right thing to do. You just don't want to do it. And so we look for some counsel that will agree with the thing that we want. And so we leave godly counsel for just counsel. Really, it's just opinion. That's a dangerous place to be because now you're muddying the waters of what is God's will for your life and what's your will for your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to step out on my will. I want to step out on the will of God because that's the thing that's going to carry me. Amen? Amen. So there's the word of God. There's the inward witness. There's godly counsel. And then there's something called the prophetic word of God. And that is where somebody comes to you and gives you a word. And you know what? We love this kind of stuff. We as believers, this is the kind of stuff that makes people get gooey. They just are like all gaga about that. But let me tell you about the prophetic word. The Bible says do not despise it. So I want to be real careful here. It's not to be despised. It's to be pursued. But we have some people that will be quicker to pursue a prophetic word than the inward witness. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have my wife give me a kiss than her blow me a kiss. Let me say that again. I'd rather have my wife give me a kiss right on the lips a good wet one, come on somebody, <laughs> than her just to go. Because ain't no feeling in that. As much as my imagination can catch it, put it here. It ain't the same. It ain't getting juices flowing, okay? Come on, let's keep it 100. It ain't doing that. But it's amazing to me that we as believers would rather have a prophetic word delivered through a messenger than rather have the messenger speak directly to us. So there are Christians that go to every prophetic conference, follow every prophetic person, go to all their meetings, and they're sitting in the crowd just waiting for a prophetic word. Listen, that you got it backwards. You need to go to prayer like that. You need to seek God's face like that, and God will speak to you. And then when you come to those places, and, and, the, and let me tell you something, they're powerful. It's more of a confirmation. It's more of a strengthening that now I can do whatever because God's confirming it stronger and stronger. Listen, I believe in the prophets. We're having Matt Gonzalez come to the youth camp this year, and you youth better get ready. He, he's got a word of knowledge like you wouldn't believe, and, and uh, he's going to bless, and the prophetic word's going to flow. But understand this, guys. you got to have that same zeal for the voice of God in your inward witness than you do God sending a, 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 a messenger to have it. I want God to speak to me, not through somebody else to me. Now, if he has to do it that way, cool. But the, 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 the way we need to be growing as Christians is pursuing his voice inwardly. And it's not hard. You simply got to spend time in his word, time with him, and, and get yourself familiar with his, with his voice. And the last thing about that inward witness voice that's very important is knowing as a Christian how to strengthen your spirit man. Now, I want to encourage all of you to read the book of Jude, because in the book of Jude, it's a really short, it's only one chapter, 
But he says something powerful in that book about how to build up your spirit, praying in the spirit, saying that part of the problem of why we don't hear God, I believe, is because we have a weak tendency. We have a weak uh, ability. It's kind of like in the old days when you had an antenna. Okay, if your antenna was weak, you couldn't take in a lot of frequencies. How many old school folks know what I'm talking about? See, younger you go, what's an antenna? What's he talking about up there? But see, Mondo Labrado understands that. Okay, let me tell you why. Because when we were kids, we had a two-story house. And so our antenna was on two stories, and we could get in Channel 44 from the Bay Area. We could get Channel 2 so we could watch Ultraman and Creature Feature with Bob Wilkins. We can get all that, right? Mondo's house, we couldn't get that. So they would come over to our house so that because our antenna could reach farther. Are you, are you see what I'm saying? He's all right. He got to see it. You don't have to get all sad for him. He's good. We let him in. Or it was kind of like, remember when cell phones came out and you had them brick phones and you had the antenna. Remember when phones had antennas on them? All right. Now we don't have antennas that don't even look like a phone, really. Okay. But understand this. When the antenna is weak, you don't get a lot of the frequencies. Your spirit man is like that. When your spirit is weak, you can't get a lot of the God frequencies. So the book of Jude says you can build up your spirit by praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is where we have a problem in America because don't nobody want to talk about praying in the Holy Spirit. They don't want to talk about it. Why? Because to them, it's weird. What is that? I had the greatest conversation with my daughter uh, this, this week because in her, one of her classes, they were studying religion. And so it was time to talk about Christianity. And so the teacher gets up and she says, uh, we're going to talk about Christianity. Is there anybody here that goes to church? And a few people raise their hand, and Selena's one of them. And then uh, she goes, okay, that's great. Do any of you that go to church uh, know what praying in tongues is? And Selena looks around, and no hands went up, and she's like, here we go. <laughs> and she puts her hand up. Now, I don't know why this teacher was starting with this topic, other than she was checking the temperature so that if nobody in the room prayed in tongues, she could go in on it. But Selena raises her hands, and, and, and she goes, oh, did they pray in tongues at your church? She says, oh, and she says, does anybody pray in church in your family? And Selena goes, yes, we do. And, and she goes, well, who prays in tongues the most? And Selena gave her the look and says, my dad, I hear my dad most of the time. And the teacher said, oh, is that what it is? You know, uh, what's that like? She goes, well, it's, it's basically him praying gibberish. And she says, well, can you explain that? And I was so blessed by my daughter. I had some understanding of being able to describe. She goes, well, we believe it's when the Holy Spirit prays through you while you're praying gibberish. And this teacher just said, oh, that's got to be weird. And Selena in her, in her, in her real self goes, yeah, it is kind of weird, especially the way my dad does it. I ain't going to lie, I got some weird tongues. That's all right, though. It's all right. I'm happy with my prayer language. But, but thank you, thank you, thank you. But, but, um, but it was interesting to me that that's where they were going to start the discussion on Christianity. Because it sounded to me like they were going to go in on it. 
But because somebody was in there, she was like, I can't offend that family because, you know, I might get a phone call or whatever. But it's interesting to me that that has become a lot of the focal point for churches. We want to make churches palatable. We want to make Christianity uh, relatable. We want to make sure that we're not scaring folks. All the while, none of our addictions are leaving. Our marriages aren't getting better. There's no power in the house of God. People don't get healed. And the minute we begin to introduce praying in the spirit, oh, that's weird. I don't understand that. Listen, God is so vast, you better get used to not understanding everything. If God's got to fit in the box called your brain, we're in trouble. Okay, because he is too vast. There are so many things, even as a pastor and a preacher, that I do not understand. And I have to be okay with it. Like, I don't know why everybody doesn't get healed when he's the healer. I don't know why. But his ways are higher than my ways. I'll keep believing his word. I don't know why shikata raba soko raba kande rigasta kate bosh tenda die sakahate. See, I told you they're weird. I don't know why that produces power and strengthens my spirit, but I have word that it does. So I could stay in my little mind, my proud mind that wants everything, or I could submit to his word and see my spirit grow. And when my spirit grows, my tendency to hear his voice grows. Are you tracking with me today? So that when you have a business decision to make, you can hear God. Don't do it. Don't do it. Or you can hear him say, proceed. Amen. Proceed. You, you, you can hear his voice when you're dating somebody. I see singles manifesting. Right? <laughs> because I got to go there. Because I got to go there. We need God to say, no, no, don't go there. Or proceed. <laughs> Amen? We need that from him. But a lot of single people don't want his voice because they want what they want. Right? The heart wants what it wants. Come on, Selena Gomez. Amen? <laughs> so we got to get the voice of God in our lives. So read the book of Jude, pray in the Holy Spirit, get yourself. If, if, if that kind of thing is foreign to you and freaks you out, there's something to help you. It's called the Bible. It's called the book of Acts. It's, it's, it's called Jude. The whole, read the whole book, book of Jude there. You'll explain things to you so that you can get a semi understanding of why God wants you to have it. And then you can proceed with it. Because here's the thing, Christians, and those of you that have already been filled with the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues, you can't have the benefits of things you're ashamed of. So if you pray them nice little ashamed tongues, come on. You need to open that mouth and move that thing. What if you spoke English like that? Hey, how you doing, sir? Hi, everybody. So good to be here. I have seen people talk regular, pray regular, and then they go into their tongues. Father, we love you. <laughs> be regular in it. Be regular in these things. I don't have time. I, want to, I, will, I'll, I promise you we'll get more into that because I think it's something that we've got to get more familiar with, comfortable with. We can't let the world make us shameful that we believe in supernatural things. 
We don't want to be a church that has the form of godliness, but no power. And we're not that church. We've, we've seen miracles happen in this church. We've seen babies that were on life support as the church prayed. We prayed them through. There's miracle babies running around that nursery right now. We've seen other people healed in their bodies, legs, backs, different things. We want to continue to be that church. We want to see God uh, move in that way, but we've got to get some understanding about uh, his supernatural power, but also listen to the voice of God, okay? Number three, we got to seek the Holy Spirit direction, all right? Come help me on the keys because I want to I wanna wrap this up because I want to let everybody go so we can go baptize some folks. Let me leave you with this. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Seek the Holy Spirit's direction. When you want to find the call of God on your life, number four is seek the Holy Spirit's direction. Or number three, I'm sorry. Seek the Holy Spirit's direction. Okay? Seek his direction. How do I find his direction? Again, it's in his word. His ways are higher than your ways. The kingdom. Seek his ways. When you want to get something, how does the kingdom work? How do I get thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, you've got to learn that his ways are higher than your ways. So you got to get in his word. The way up in the kingdom is down, right? The way to give, the way to get is to give in the kingdom. He said give, and it's going to come back to you more than you gave. All right, all those things. He also said in order to find your life, you got to lose your life. Okay, all those things, those are kingdom ways, but you got to seek the Holy Spirit's direction, okay? The next one, you got to create a godly inner circle of trusted advisors. A godly inner circle. You want to know the call of God on your life? Get around smart people. Proverbs 13, 20, it says this, he who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. See, if you get a call and you hang around people that have no understanding of the call, nine times out of 10, that call will never manifest because you need people to speak into it. You need people to see it, recognize it, and elevate it. There are some people, they won't break old relationships. Listen, there's some people you could love them, but that don't mean you need to hang out with them every Friday night. You can love your family, but that don't mean you got to spend 24-7 with them. You got to get around some good, godly counsel people to help see the call of God on your life and help move you towards it. Can I get an amen on that? That makes a lot of people nervous because we don't want to let go of stuff. And you got to understand whatever you let go of, God's got more of. I said whatever you let go of, God's got more of. And he'll give it to you. He'll bless you. Okay, but we've got to create an inner circle of trusted people. Find friends that are going in the same direction as you. I don't understand people that say they love God, but all their closest friends are people that don't love God or don't serve God, I should say. Yeah, I want God all the way. But when we look at your life, the closest people to you aren't going the same direction. You're in trouble. You know what that says? I mean, what that says is that you're going with the current. 
that current of their lives is going to take you down where they are and you're never going to fulfill the call on your life. So if you want to fulfill the call on your life, you got to get around a godly inner circle of trusted people, all right? Find friends that are in the same direction or are going in the same direction is where you want to be, all right? The next one, you want to find the call of God on your life? You've got to exercise faith and not fear. Exercise faith and not fear. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12, it says this, Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it saying here? It's saying that if you're going to obey the call, it's only going to happen by faith. And this is where we lose a lot of people because they begin to look at the call and they begin to go, well, how am I going to do it? Well, how is that going to happen? What if I fail? What if I can't do it? And I'll tell you right now, you can't do anything for God in fear. You've got to learn how to exercise faith over your life. And if you want to learn the call of God on your life, start now walking in faith. What is faith? Faith is believing and speaking. Let me say that again. How do I walk in faith? You have to believe and you have to speak. Amen. If you believe that God can heal, well, you got to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. If you believe God is going to make you a millionaire, you got to believe it in your heart and then confess it in your mouth. If you're going to have a good marriage, you got to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. That's called faith. Are you with me today? What most of us think is faith is simply belief. And belief won't produce anything outside of faith. So we've got to exercise faith. It's going to take faith to fulfill the will of God. Amen. And the last one here I want to leave you with is this. If you want to find the will of God, you got to trust and you got to obey. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know what that means? It ain't going to always look like it makes sense. It ain't always going to be easy. You ain't always going to see the end of the tunnel. But if you walk with God, he'll be there. It might look like a storm, but remember, Peter walked on water when he had his eyes on Jesus. That's what the call of God is going to be. It's not going to be easy. It's kind of like when those of you that are going on this missions trip, you saw the price tag, $1,500, and you looked in your account. You said it's not there. Then you try to figure it out. Well, if I save here, if I do this, that's good. Do that. But then sometimes you just got to sign up by faith and say, God, I don't know how it's going to come, but I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to say, God, I thank you for that money for the mission strip. I thank you for that money for my pledge. I thank you for that money for this, for that. I still get up all the time and say, God, I thank you for college tuition for my kids, Lord God. You're going to provide their college tuition. I'm four years out from any of them going to school. But I got to believe and speak now. That is faith. What is it that God is calling you to do? You got to believe and speak. If you're single and you want to get married, you better get up every day and believe and speak. Or else you just sit there and think of all the reasons you won't get married. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. No. Get up and take hold of your destiny and your call by faith. And then trust what God has you do and obey him. Stand on your feet this morning.
understanding the call of God is not deep. It's very practical. But you're never going to hear the call of God when the other voices in your life are speaking way too loud. you got to get God's voice to be the predominant voice. And the only way you do that is by surrounding yourself with his voice. Get in his word. Listen to preaching. Come to church. Get around godly people that speak his word. Get around the right influences. And there's some things you got to let go. Some things you got to walk away from. Some people you got to walk away from. That don't mean you treat them bad. That don't mean you don't love them anymore. That just simply means you've got to pursue the call of God on your life. Now I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you've been walking away from the call of God, the very first call, which is to be with him. And maybe you're here today and you're not living for the Lord. The fruit of your life is not one of somebody that believes in Jesus and has confessed him and is living for him. But you know what? You're here today and you say, man, pastor, I want to get my life on track with God. I want to find the call of God on my life. I want to, I want to learn his voice. I want to pray with you today. So if you're here and you just feel like, man, I want to get my life back on track, I want you to just slip up a hand. I want to pray with you right where you're at. Yeah, I see those hands. I see those hands. Yes, anybody else? Yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? And right now, this whole church, we're going to pray this together. Because the Bible says if you pray it, if you confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, he will come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and give you a brand new start. Let's pray this together. And if you raise your hand, mean this from your heart. Say, Jesus, I come before you in need of a Savior. I recognize I haven't been living for you. I ask you to forgive me. Your word says that if I ask you, you'll forgive me and come into my life. Well, Lord... I'm asking, forgive me. Be the Lord of my life today. Wash away every stain and help me live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give God a good hand clap.